Hello, everybody. First and foremost, welcome home. Y'all already know where you're at. It's the House of Clouds podcast, season three. We back with a bang for another season. It's the very first episode. And as per usual, it's me, your boy, a.k.a. D'Angelo, Kumo D. Uh, It's A-Ron in the building, touching the ceiling, as always. It's me, Todd. I feel like that's how you talk to God when you pray. No, I hey God, it's me. No, I say it's your boy. It's your boy. Dad, it's me. Now I'm like, how you doing? Me, nigga. Now I'm like, I hope your day's going good. Real cordial. No, it really, really is. Real cordial. Hey, it's like what you need. Oh, Todd, beating around the bush again. Sometimes um, I don't. I just like, I hope your day's going good. Shit. God, uh, thank you. Just say thank you. All right, peace. I talk to God in public. <laughs> I talk to God in public. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of slip and... <laughs> I just need your help, big man. Come through. They say, I, you may not come when I want you to, but you're always on time. <laughs> I didn't come when I wanted to or on time, actually. <laughs> But today, y'all, uh, we talking about anime theories. It's a new little segment we're going to try out. So it's Factor Cap with just some anime theories where I'm basically going to be looking up some theories. We're all going to be looking up various theories and stuff about some of our favorite anime or anime we've watched. And then we're going to see if after we read out the theory, if it seems like it's fact, it's possible, or if it seems like capped a little too far-fetched to be real. So without further ado, the first one we're going to start with is from one of my personal favorites, uh, One Punch Man, which basically states that uh, Saitama becomes a villain. And the premise of this theory is Saitama not being strong enough in um, or not being in a strong emotional state and having to endure a constant barrage of insults and never receiving credits for his many heroic actions may soon take a toll on him uh, mentally. Also, with the monster cells being everywhere around the city that he lives in and monster cells turning the humans in his area into monsters, which Saitama has also been known to eat to save money on his grocery bill. Um, These cells might not affect him immediately since he's so strong, but at some point they will affect him. And he's also shown an uncaring attitude like most monsters have. And that's only getting worse. So basically, this theory is from uh, a YouTuber by the name of Duo Review. Um, great, great guy. Check out his stuff for sure. Um, or great page. Check out this stuff. But basically, long story short, this is since Saitama has been eating monsters, he's slowly becoming more and more he of a monster. Yeah. You don't remember the episode when he fought the crab and he... Yeah, crab after that. Mm. But apparently, apparently, yes, he has been known to eat some of the monsters, like the more animal-like monsters, after he's defeated them in order to save on groceries. So he doesn't have to buy meat. That's what's up. So do y'all think, for this one, do y'all think this is fact? Like, yeah, okay, Saitama could become a, a villain later on in the future. And if so, how long do you think it's going to take? Or do you think this is just Cap? You never see Saitama becoming a villain. Uh, no. 
never seen him becoming a villain. Um, Why not? I don't think so because he just doesn't care enough to um, to do. I only thing I could potentially see, not based off of that, mm. is maybe like they keep disrespecting me. Like you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna just go up against the whole hero corps. <laughs> like start breaking niggas. So mm. it was like y'all. What, what's his rank right now? Isn't he still like a low rank? See, see, and he's C supposed rank. to. He's the strongest nigga out of everybody there. So I think in the. Uh, at the end of the series where they're at and like in the manga he's might be like B rank now. Mm. But like he's not very high up. No, it's like that, that disrespect. Yeah, that you. disrespect. So I can see him going against him for that, just to disrespect. Mm. Uh but in terms of the him eating the food and then no. No. That one's that's a that's a cap. That's a that that's seems a cap like, for you? No, let's go with reach. That seems like a reach to me. Um, I think okay. they could do it. Like they probably may do something where he could potentially get possessed, and they have to uh, try to unpossess him. That's okay. I can go. Yeah, I could see that. As far as like that, maybe, but um, him turning evil, I don't think it would do him any justice. Like, cause True. that's still his his whole steez is just to have somebody to hang with him. Yeah. Yeah, basically, he just wants yeah. to. He likes Goku, fight. but, you know, so being a villain wouldn't satisfy him any more than what he is now. And speaking of Goku, um, random tidbit, but you know, on the anime, strongest anime list, one of the anime lists I found, he's number one, right on top of Goku. Saitama? That's stupid. <laughs> That's fucking dumb. I still don't get why people say it's stupid. Like, explain why. I can see that. This man is, uh, even though, yes, Goku's strong and shit, but I was like, his little entitlement is one punch. This nigga can kill niggas in one punch. Mm -mm. It's it's Mm -mm. ridiculous. Even though this is a, what's it, like a joke uh, anime, this nigga's still the strongest. He's strong, yeah. Yeah, but how many times have you seen Goku overcome adversity? So he and might get okay. stronger and stronger. So, and stronger. so it takes first season, battle. What are they on season three, season four? So mm-hmm. you so, only seen four seasons, three seasons, so, nigga. Okay, let's let's go with that theory. Go for it. First battle, mm-hmm. he kills the nigga. Okay, he kills Goku. So technically, he won, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, he's he's not. Okay, if so we're talking about Goku at his peak. He's not. We we this is a complete hypothetical, and I mean anybody can just write a character as for sure. Strongest. Like we could even man. say Gojo. Uh, I I see that as a valid point. I'm not gonna lie. I, mm-hmm. I feel like Gojo could take Goku. No, Gojo against Saitama. Gojo oh. can take Goku. Well, I mean Gojo's. But why? Because <laughs> I've like... seen Goku take a lot of L's. Those people I haven't seen take a lot of L's. Saitama, I think he's... Well, like, in his in world, the... yeah. But see, that's the thing. When you try to cross worlds, you have to put him to the same world. If he has the same attributes to kill niggas in one punch, why couldn't he do that in Goku's world? Goku's strong as strong as probably stronger than the strongest person Saitama fought. I, was, I think it was... What dude uh, did he fight that took more than one punch? Uh, that he actually had to put up just a tab in. The last dude in season one, uh, which was the the alien yeah, prince dude. King, I Is that oh, the yeah, purple the alien, dude? Yeah, I think his name was 
Ouroboros or Ouroboros or something like that. But and then Goku is fifty times stronger than him, probably a hundred times stronger. But I feel like if it's in the same world, then Goku or Saitama will also have access to the hyperbolic time chamber too. And that being the case. Saitama's only getting stronger. So I feel like Saitama could pull this out. Then Goku gets stronger. He gets stronger all the time. But, I mean, before we get too deep into this, the reason I mentioned that is because my second theory that I wanted to mention was Dragon Ball Z-based. And it's it's centered around Goku. So basically, the, the theory is that um, basically Super Saiyans have been available or accessible to the world for thousands of years but the reason that goku was the first one in a thousand in like a couple thousand years or i think a couple hundred years was because goku was the first one to allow emotion in a sense mm-hmm. and the backing of this is basically oh to start that again i'm sorry oh no problem no problem so um so you know how they were saying that they haven't seen... In Dragon Ball Z, you know how they say that they haven't seen Super Saiyans in like a thousand years or so? Yeah, yeah. So the premise of this theory is that Super Saiyans were always available. So like that form was always available to Saiyans. Mm-hmm. But Saiyans being as they were, they weren't very emotional. Mm-hmm. So Goku being the first one in a very long time to grow up in humanity to allow emotions to flow... Mm-hmm. That's why he was the first one in a very long time. Got it. But um, there's there's an upside, and I'll explain it after. There's like an upside and a downside to this um, that I feel for this theory, and I'll explain it a little after. But let me let me read it to you first. Um, So basically, the the theory is from Reddit. It's from a dude uh, by the name of Frisky Ding O (laughs) One. These names, y'all. Yeah, Yeah, bro. But that ain't cool, bro. Basically, they said Goku is the first Super Saiyan to emerge in over a thousand years. But you would think that at least you would think that at least. Oh, he kind of phrased this a little wrong. But you would think that there would be at least maybe one or two during that time span. And he says that it's all to do with how Saiyans constructed their society and their power levels. It's mentioned several times that the ability to go Super Saiyan arises from a need, not a desire. Goku over the loss of Krillin, Bardock to protect a a planet. Um, uh, Oh, okay. That's he kind of phrased this a little weird, but basically Bardock to protect the planet from King Chilled. Um, Vegeta to protect his ship from asteroids and Gohan to become stronger and defeat Cell uh, after he pictured Frieza killing all his friends. Um, in all these times, great emotional distress plus a high power is usually the catalyst that pushes a Saiyan to Super Saiyan. These two conditions were rare prior to the Saiyan's extinction. Um, several times during the anime and manga, Saiyans are described as nothing more than cold-blooded killers with low concept of comradeship or family. Bardock was the exception to this as he had a wife and teammates he genuinely cared about. He later turned Super Saiyan. Therefore, the emotional response needed to push a Saiyan was rare, as these Saiyans had been socialized in their society to not, or to not have strong family ties or friendships. Therefore, Saiyans could never manufacture a strong emotional response um, over, say, the loss of teammates in battle, for instance. 
While Sans were stronger than your average footman in Frieza's army, they were nearly they weren't nearly as strong as Goku, Gohan, or Vegeta when they achieved their Super Saiyan forms, especially given the ridiculous amount of specialized training that they all went through. Therefore, it's unlikely there was any Saiyan during this time that had a high enough power level to reach Super Saiyan form. So this one's this one's a little mixed because there's a part of this and then there's also someone else that did a, another Super Saiyan theory. But basically, long story short for this theory is that Goku was the first Saiyan in a long time because Goku was the first one to really be able to give an emotional response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do y'all think that that's first and foremost factor, Cap? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. So the second part of this theory, which is, um, I think, Frisky Dingo's point. Um, yeah, I'm just going to call him FD. But um, anyways, the, the second part of his is that the regular Saiyans that were around weren't nearly strong enough. So there's a level catalyst, basically, before you can get to Super Saiyan. Um, I that I don't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. I think it's because the uh the main thing we're missing is oppression. Yeah. They were oppressed. Yeah. So um, because obviously, why why are people oppressed? Because they have the potential. Of reaching something greater, mm-hmm. especially like with the ape form and all that. So, uh, freezes, freezes, uh, King Cold knew, and his whole generation knew that there's probably like a great power within them mm-hmm. that can, you know, be strong enough to take them out. So, mm-hmm. it's like with Zeus, uh, Kronos. Yeah. Um, eating his his children. That sounds gay, no homo. Yeah. But um, he ate his kids simply because he had the fear of being overruled by one of them. Yeah. You know, so it's the same concept. Um, and all Super Saiyans became Super Saiyans because of their emotion. Mm-hmm. Like when Trunks went Super Saiyan because Gohan died. Um, you know, and as he mentioned, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I do agree with like, it's a something that's needed. I mean, mm-hmm. something, yeah, something that's needed um, at that time. It's like kind of a desperate measure, measure situation when you've been pushed to your limits. Yeah. Yeah, so. Okay. I feel that. Also, so my, when I was reading this theory, my, um, my brain kind of went back to when Vegeta was first training to become Super Saiyan mm-hmm. and how they were telling him that he couldn't because you have to either be pure something. Yeah, I remember It that. said pure good or pure evil. Nah, it was, it then, was pure. He made the I'm pure evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, but basically, yeah, like Todd was saying, it's, it's pure like good. It was, they stated it as you have to be pure like you have to be pure and they meant pure good but vegeta comes back as a super saiyan and says well i'm pure evil mm-hmm. and then that's how he achieved I his had super a revelation saiyan revelation while i was staring at the lightning <laughs> i'm pure evil nigga so yeah, it's like that, that's why I like even though i actually don't really like vegeta but i uh, even though i just had i respect the fuck out of him he always makes his own rules, yeah. Yeah, makes his own rules, and he he's a he's a, he's a stand up guy. At the end of the day, like he's he's honorable, and I always respect honor. So, um, well, he has he had the most character development in Vegeta. Oh yeah, especially when they were talking about wives and Kakarot. Oh, he kissed yeah. Kakarot. You never kissed your wife. That nigga just huh? his penis <laughs> and, and let that do the work. 
But, um, yeah, like, um, and also, too, we forget that the way Saiyans were uh, oppressed and instructed is that they they didn't necessarily have that, you know, come home to wife type of thing. Like, True. Bardock, Bardock was the in only the one, super really. Version, Bardock had to hide Goku. Yeah. And, yeah, because they were all in that one, that facility. And it was it yeah, was about power were, levels. Yeah, they were monitored, and if you wasn't a certain power level, it got would, kicked yeah. out. Yeah, they didn't really give people a, a chance. But I mean, I'm I'm glad that you brought up power levels because the the next theory kind of ties into power levels. Um, and it's from Jujutsu Kaisen. It's uh from this Reddit username Twisty two three four five. Yeah, much better than last one. <laughs> he, <Rusty nipple. laughs> he basically just. He just asked a really, it's not as much of a theory, it's just a really intriguing question that I wanted to ask. Um, And I kind of came up with my own theory off of it. Um, But basically his question was, can two different people eat Sukuna's fingers? And they were kind of talking, and uh, some people were talking in the Reddit thread. And somebody said, um, or Twisty said that, each Sukuna finger, or he believes that each Sukuna finger would have its own soul. So if, theoretically, if two people ate the fingers, Sukuna's soul would be split between the people. So I was thinking of how Kurama was split between Minato and Naruto, the yin-yang version. Um, And then my theory is that if two people were to do that, because even though they said Itadori was like a one in every hundred years... Mm-hmm. Um, if two people were to do that, would the person eating more fingers, would Sukuna's soul just slowly become more dominant in that person? Um, he would never be able to reach full, full yeah, power, though. He would never be able to reach full. But my theory is that if two people can eat them, then basically those two people are inevitably, inevitably going to be drawn to each other and fight. And one of them is going to kill the other for the other fingers. And eat them. Yeah, what do you guys think about that? Fact or cap? Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I go with that. Facts? Yeah, facts. Not reaching. Not yeah, reaching hard. That seems within, yeah, reach. Because even though they said Itadori is like one in every hundred years, there could still be another. And they just, I mean, you have yet to see somebody eat a finger. True. He he ate it on a whim. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, that nigga could have died. Yeah. So. <laughs> facts and nobody else really tried it and but moving speaking of could have died um these are some good segues guys we're really killing it with the segues um and good reading thank you it's not on his Floyd Mayweather (laughs) I got past fifth grade reading uh but basically that was a weird sounding (laughs) anyways um basically my next theory, this is this is basically a uh, second to last theory. We got one more after this. But basically the theory is that damn, is somebody gonna get their car? No. No. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. Let me finish. Anyways, but the next theory, y'all, is that this one's from one of my favorite series animes things ever it's from pokemon um so basically it, it was inspired by creepy pasta and then have y'all ever wondered why like ash never ages like he's always yeah. been 10 he for like a super long losing. time 
<laughs> There's actually one theory that every time Ash loses, he resets the timeline, and that's why he looks a little different because he's secretly a time lord. But that's not the one I'm talking about. Get back. And a lot of people were saying that that explains why his Pikachu always seems to level down when he goes to a new area as opposed to when he was in the the old area kind of makes sense to me but basically this theory is the reason why ash doesn't age is because he's been in a coma so ever since have you guys seen the first episode of pokemon like the very first episode when he gets pikachu okay so basically they said that when ooh. They said that when Ash got electrocuted by Pikachu the first time in episode one, after that, he slipped into a coma. This explaining why he never ages. Um, But also, let's go a little deeper into that. They also say he was never introduced to many women or people. Therefore, this is why Nurse Joy and Officer Jenny always look the same wherever he goes. And also... Brock, um, Brock and Misty were figments of his imagination. So Brock is an expression of his sexuality since Ash never knew what sex was. That's why Brock never scored with any of the women. He never got beyond that little like talking or trying to hit on them face. And they said Misty was just kind of thrown in because Misty just happened to uh, be based off of one of the few like girls his age that he met. Mm hmm. Um, and then the last, the, there's other part of that is that Giovanni is secretly his father. This is the part I didn't understand though. Giovanni? They said, uh, Giovanni was secretly his father and the, the leader of Team Rocket. That dude. Yeah. But they said that he was villainized because he didn't approve of Ash's sexuality. So he basically disowned Ash for his supposed sexuality, and that's why he's gay. He's villainized. I have no idea. They didn't explain deeper. They kind of just left that sentence. Is sexuality a thing in Pokemon? I have no idea. (laughs) But they said there's no sex of Pokemon in Pokemon. There's there's sex of Pokemon. There's male female. Well, really? Yeah, some Pokemon don't have genders at all, but there's male female. They got nine binary Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought they were most all of nine the most of the legends. Like, they just like it's just there. How whatever dominant trait that they decided to take, like Charizard, obviously boy, but or so, I don't know. But it was <laughs> Very like emotional. I think yeah, emotional. He was a boy, so I was like, okay. But uh-huh. obviously, there has to be female Charizard because they have they lay eggs. Yeah. So I'll be like, how do they be fucking? The legendaries, the I legendaries are all non-sex though. They're non. They're non. They have no sex. Mm, when Pikachu was hollering at him, it seemed like that one uh, was. Uh, You're talking about Lugia. No, the electric one. Wait. Pikachu. Oh. <laughs> he was pouring his heart out. Leave Ash alone. Nigga. Oh, you talking about Mew and Mewtwo? Yeah. Got you, bro. And then, uh, I know Mewtwo. That seemed like a dude. Mewtwo is a nigga. That's for sure. That's Mew is probably a female. But Mewtwo is more is a nigga. No, that's a theory. That's <laughs> fact. And that nigga probably his chest up. But, and they also said that Jesse and James were supposed to represent his purity since 
they were the only Team Rocket members that were wearing white outfits rather than the typical black. And Ash's partner, Pikachu, was supposed to represent Ash's humanity whenever he would get lost from him in an episode. Right, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna just stop you here. I feel like people are just talking now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so, they're doing too much. I'm sorry. Right when you start, the, the his purity. Come on, come on. <laughs> Team Rocket is his purity because they're wearing white. White. It doesn't always just have to be Jesse some, and James, not Team Rocket. Just because it's, they're wearing white doesn't mean that they're pure. Does not mean they're. Literally, that's they're, true, but that's that's what they they're put. They're not the embodiment of evil, but come on. <laughs> That's that's what they put. The fuck is Meow? They didn't say. (laughs) Just this. The I don't know if it's maybe just because I read it off of fandom, but like there's a lot of space in this theory, so it feels very cat. Jumping around, I just stick with the coma. I'll give you some with the coma. This nigga's dreaming. Okay. Not much of a reach because I was like, Pokemon aren't really real. He's just dreaming. Because even when he got shocked by Pichu, I was like, damn, that didn't hurt you that bad, bro. That's 10,000 volts, baby. (laughs) You can't take that. After that, I can, you can say everything else is just a spinoff. Okay, okay. I can, I can, but then you start being specific about everything else. Like, hold on, wait, 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 relax, relax. They, I mean, that's. The it's funny because the the time lord theory that Ash is a time lord makes more sense than the Ash coma theory, yeah. and the coma theory is like one of the most popular theories the about base Pokemon. of it. But right when you start getting to each character represents a certain, I uh, you, you you're reaching to me. That's that's a reach. The coma stop there. Just stop. Just stop at the coma. Just, just stop at the coma. It right would have been incredible without the other it, stuff. It would have been incredible. Right when you start I feel like theory. the Brock the Brock and Misty portion. Kind of credible. I, I'll shaky. give it that. It's a little shaky, yeah. but I, I'll give Brock it Because Brock was definitely over-sexualized. And uh, being a child that doesn't know what sex is, it would make sense for it to be either over or under. Not right on the mark. Yeah. The nigga has his eyes closed. Facts. Definitely facts. He's in a coma. He didn't imagine him with eyes. Boom. Well, his only black friend. This my nigga, bro. <laughs> my nigga. <laughs> but the the last theory I've got for um for this episode, because I have a couple of other ones too, but so I got a theory. What's up? Or a question? Is it What's Pokemon up? or Pokemon? You can say it either way, honestly. Mm-hmm. But technically, since like the little thingies over the e, I think it's Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon? Yeah, that's how they say it. (laughs) But um, the last theory is from Aaron's favorite anime, uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Fuck yeah, baby. (laughs) And it's basically so. um, Did you watch Full Metal Alchemist, Tom? Bits and pieces. Okay. I know. Do you you remember who Pride is? No. Pride is the devil, you know that much. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, basically the theory, uh, just a short little rundown of who pride is so you kind of understand the theory pride is basically pride is a homunculi that creates shadows that eats people mm-hmm. basically the shadows like bite people kill people the he the shadows do his bidding he's kind of yeah. like the the shikamaru of full metal alchemist mm-hmm. okay if that that adds a little so you kind of know where it's coming from mm-hmm. but basically um a lot of the times his shadows because everybody's sin is kind of um 
everybody's power is somewhat connected to their sin, mm-hmm. their name. Um, so, so glutton, uh, glutton, he eats lust. She's a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they, envy, that's kind of all they gave her. Envy a woman with is kind of like. Um, Envy's kind of like a shapeshifter. Yeah, shapeshifter. And he shapeshifts himself to basically look like other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't like showing his true yeah, form. His true form. So he's always envious of somebody else's form, so he takes it. And then um there's Wrath, which is Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically just a big destructive yeah, monster. That motherfucker is yeah. Well, you see that fear of Bradley come right. <laughs> but pride is basically it's it's like fear of Bradley's son. I think in this sense was his cover, yeah. right? So basically, pride is the is a kid. He's essentially his main form is a kid, and you kind of realize he's been working a lot of the the stuff from the background. Um, but pride. A lot of people said that they didn't understand how. Pride ties into pride's power. Um, so basically, this theory is that uh, pride's power is symbolic of shadows. Because the essential theory is that pride can't cast his shadows in any light. So when there's light in that area, he basically can't use his power. Mm-hmm. So pride's, pride's out of luck. And they're saying that the reason that this is is because light is known to reveal the truth mm-hmm. and it can also break false pride. So that being the case, when the light comes, it basically nullifies his power because it shows it makes kind of forces him to show who he truly is, kind of breaks down his false bravado. Um, and shadow is a contrast to light. So that's why they gave him that immediate power. But also as a person or the character himself is a contrast because you would think that pride would be like a large man, like super large man, like super burly, all that stuff. Um, But basically he's, he's a kid. So, but they say that pride doesn't just speak on its greatness or show its greatness, but pride boasts its superiority from whatever form it takes. Mm. Um, so that's why that's the theory of why pride has his powers and why pride is the person he is. Okay. Do you feel like that's factor cat based off of you not seeing the show? That's a it's it seems over the head in my eyes, but um, it's kind of over the head. Yeah. So fact. I'm gonna go with cat. <laughs> what? Yeah, because I mean, uh, it doesn't sound like you reach him, but it's just a lot of lot of extra. You feel? No, uh, no, yeah, because I I don't know. Pride seems I would think he'd be very. Prideful. If you need a picture, that's what it looks like. That's pride, little ass kid, like like seven years old, mm-hmm. like seven eight years shadow, old. The pride eats you. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pride eats at you. Pride is the devil. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then you but know, people like, get consumed by their pride. True. And uh, that's I, I actually like that theory because uh, you know um, pride. Honestly, like when you when you it's said and done, it is little. Mm-hmm. Uh, it forms itself as this big old like shadow, 
casting itself, but once you really like get past it, you know, um, it's just it's really just minuscule. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a pretty good theory. I like that. But the the other thing that they added, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read it straight from the the actual page because I kind of um, I kind of made a little synopsis of it. But basically, uh, they said the shadows have symbolic value. An arrogant, self-indulgent person is bound to conceal his arrogance by shielding it from sunlight. Besides, uh, shadows cannot exist without light. There are they are a result of contrast. Light is often used as a revealer of harsh, harsh truths, including false pride. In contrast to pride, a proud person does not talk excessively about how great they are. Still, they believe they are better than others. This metaphor may or may not have been intended by the creators, but it will hold up in a psychology class. I feel like that's that's for sure a fact. Because mm. no, just knowing the way that the writers wrote Full Metal Alchemist, I feel like deeper narratives are definitely involved. Oh, yeah. So I feel like this this adds up to me. Because uh, the complexity of Full Metal Alchemist was... It was, it was deep. Like, Full Metal Alchemist... That's why I love it. Like, it was, it was a mix of science and so many other things. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was just about two kids learning... You know about how to rights and wrongs. Yeah, yeah, right wrongs. You know, and they were smart as fuck. Like yeah, they were both smart. Like they was the smartest kids around. Dog of the military, at 13, 13 and what? Fifteen, uh, I think. I think fifteen and thirteen or twelve. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. You're mm-hmm. midway through, and then it's not even just that. They were just kids. They were military dogs. No, they were like, if yeah. something big is going down, we're calling and full even metal. Before that, when they were young, like seven and eight, they were they were reading books, doing alchemy. Yeah, that was crazy because mm-hmm. their dad, they, their dad was into it, and they just look building sculptures. Ah, like, oh, shit. <laughs> They was building like little, yeah. I I just think personally that that, that I felt, the reason I put that at the end, because I felt like that was a great little one to end on. And also, it gives people something to think about. You know, don't let your pride overrule you. Give yourself, you know, make sure whatever you you believe in, you stand behind wholeheartedly, but don't let yourself be prideful about it. Don't, Don't overdo it. Because and they really put a lot of thought into. I mean, not that you have to put a lot of thought into uh, the seven daily sins, but just the way they uh, they kind of like implemented it. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as like envy being a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. lust being a woman, and it could kill you. It's Damn funny me. about lust because like she had the nails and the, mm-hmm. the claws and everything, but um, lust is always that pretty picture. Mm-hmm. That comes to get you later on. And that's yes. kind of what that was. But at the same time, she was controlling all the other sins around yeah, her. Like, was. greed wouldn't do nothing without her say-so. Same with envy. Gluttony, he was mm-hmm. like, lashed, lashed. <laughs> Can I eat him, lashed? <laughs> she, so she was really planning, planning, making the moves. And that kind of shows how lust... You don't remember sloth too much, but... Sloth was that big ass thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> D 
dumb, man. Lazy. Then father, father was dope. When father came in, he was wrecking shit, man. Bro, because it's all the all the homunculi is basically combined, bro. Yeah. That's that's really yeah, it. The fact that he killed. It, I'm not gonna spoil it too much, but I'm just the yeah, stuff. The it. stuff that father did, and then you find out he's not really the person you thought he was this entire time. Mm-hmm. That person's just been locked up. It's kind of just like, oh damn, that's crazy. <laughs> Hell no. And Edward was mad. As, you, oh, you stole it from me. You gotta watch it. Yeah. I'm just you. You just yeah, gotta watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I gotta finish up the other ones first. That's got you. I'm almost. Well, no, I'm not almost done. These guys said I got a couple more arcs, but uh, I'm pretty sure if you you could just watch Brotherhood and you'll get the yeah. whole. You'll get if the you whole watch thing. Brotherhood. Brotherhood's only maybe like 28, 29 episodes. Brotherhood? Yeah. No, nah, Brotherhood. Oh, hundred fifty, fifty or sixty. That's that's fine still. Yeah, it'll be cool. I've watched mm. countless. You watched I've, I've, One Piece. That's it. Oh, that's all you gotta say. Well, that I've watched. We know your patience is just through the roof. I binge very easily. I was like, I just sit there and just lie in my bed. <laughs> Bro, I'm gonna rewatch. Um, as long as it's in English too, then I can really be like. After we're done. Actually, no. I remember I liked the dub for. Full Metal? Yeah. Full Metal is probably like one of the. The top. dub is one of the yeah. greatest dubs out yeah. there. Besides Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop has a solid dub. I would think it was better in dub. Steve Blum. Steve Blum. You just can't go wrong with Steve. That nigga's voice is just. I mean, nobody unmatched. talks about the other one. Gundam had some pretty solid dubs too. But yeah, I know not cool. everybody's into Gundam. Uh, I also want to. but basically that's these are the theories that i have for now i have like probably 10 it goes crazy 10 more Mm -hmm. but i want uh when we dip into like the cartoon theories there yeah so those okay so those basically um and we could decide now while we're here but i i have about 10 more anime theories but i want the other guys to be here um because i feel like we should all take it in together because one of these naruto theories my nigga it's crazy (laughs) this joint runs so deep it'll have you rethink the entire series like so that that definitely y'all look forward to the next episode because this naruto theory that i found goes crazy same with this Yu-Gi-Oh theory I found. I'm really excited about that one personally because everybody knows I love Yu-Gi-Oh. But um, we got some more coming to y'all. We're going to pick up on the next episode. We're going to have the whole family here. Man, we got us three holding it down while they gone. And, you know, hopefully y'all like this episode. Hopefully y'all enjoyed the theories. Hopefully y'all look into them. If you haven't watched some of the anime, then go ahead. Um, if y'all haven't peep some of the deeper narratives in full metal alchemist i'm gonna need y'all to get involved in that um i wouldn't say watch pokemon because then eh, it's not a venture that everyone wants to take on but read the manga for sure he keeps losing <laughs> this guy stays oh brother this guy sucks but um y'all man it's it's always a pleasure having y'all at the table 
we did a couple theories, so we're going to give you 40 minutes of these straight theories and bounce out. But um, anything else to add, y'all, before we go? Nah, man, just stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, y'all. Season three about to go crazy. We're doing more research, more organization. We got notes. We got funny things that we're going to be adding. We got more segments we're going to be trying out. So everybody, please stay tuned. And without further ado, oh, side note, please make sure y'all checking out Black Market. Because we got some hot stuff coming there, too. We got relationship talks. We going to do uh, Midnight Jazz, right? Midnight Jazz? Yeah, we're going to start that soon. Yeah, we're going to start Midnight Jazz, reaching out to our, our, our sex workers and other things like that. Our ladies, our, our men's, our friends, our families. Um, hopefully not too much family because I don't want to talk with my yeah. family about their endeavors. But... How do you feel about meat spin? <laughs> <laughs> but, y'all, we, we got so much great content coming towards y'all, and we're so excited about all of it. But without further ado, till next time, y'all, peace. Peace.